Keep walking. Keep talking. Please stick around. You can see there's no enemy around. Yes, hopefully you can, because I'm no one's enemy. I'm Crystal Clear, and you're listening to more Morgulons. My only enemies are Morgulons. And yes, if you were wondering, they are still coming out of my face. It is a little bit better, but yes, I still have Morgulons coming out of my face daily. Oh, Morgulons. Um, Speaking of Morgulons, today I am doing the second of a three-part series about gang stalking. Because I personally believe that Morgies and T.I.'s have some similarities that cannot be overlooked. Now, does this mean that Morgies and TIs are making the same claims, suffering from the same conditions, aka delusional disorder? No, I'm not, but I know that Morgulons is real, uh, for sure. So I don't know about gang stalking, but I know that Morgulons is real. Like I said, still coming out of my face daily. Uh, which is great. No, it's not great. But I am doing great because I decide that. And I've decided that that's how I want to be doing. So um, I hope you're doing great. I hope you've decided that. Stay tuned for part two of Gang Gang Stalking Trilogy. We are uh, covering this week on More More Lines. All right. This is part two of the three-part series on gang stalking. It is an article written by Joe Pierre, M.D., uh, it's on Psychology Today website, Gang Stalking, Conspiracy, Delusion, and Shared Belief. Part 2, When Group Affiliation Reinforces Delusion-Like Beliefs, posted October 31st, Halloween of this year. Delusion-Like Beliefs? I don't really understand that word choice uh, combo there. It's either a delusion or it's not a delusion, isn't it? I don't know. I mean... Is the glass half full and half empty? Yes, it is. Both are true. Um, I don't know. Let's see what this uh, doctor has to say. Uh, It starts with a quote. Paranoia. They destroy ya. Destroyer. The kinks. Uh, Okay. Um, Conspiracy theory or delusion is gang stalking. The belief that there's a coordinated effort to survey, harass, and control the minds of thousands of people around the globe. A conspiracy theory, a delusion, or something else. In part one of this post, Gang Stalking, Real Life Harassment, or Textbook Paranoia, I discussed the evidence for the phenomena being best explained as a textbook example of a paranoid delusion. If you haven't read it yet, please do so now. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please back up and do that. Uh, here in part two, I'll do a deeper dive examining the intersection of conspiracy theories and shared delusions in the internet era. To start, let's dissect the difference between a delusion and a conspiracy theory. In my academic work, I have defined a delusion as, quote, a belief that is contradicted by objective evidence or is at variance with what most other people believe, and that is typically preoccupying, held with extreme and unassailable conviction, and influences one's behavior to a significant degree. Here's how I know that Morgulons is not uh, a delusion, Uh, at least for me it's not, uh, doesn't preoccupy me. You're like, uh, Crystal, you're doing a daily podcast about Morgulons. Yeah, I am. And uh, thanks for listening. But when I'm not doing the podcast, I'm not thinking about it. And when I see Morgulons coming out of my face, I brush them off, I pull them out, and then I move on with my day. So, uh, no, not preoccupying. Um, 
it is not contradicted by objective evidence because the objective evidence is, you know, like I said, coming out of my face. It can be photographed. Other people I know have seen it that have Morgulons that don't have Morgulons. Really, anyone with eyeballs that work has seen it. Um, and, uh, yeah, influencing my behavior, nah. Morgulons doesn't stop me from doing shit. If you're a TI person, um, maybe it would support your position um, if, if those old, all those things that I just said also apply to you, then you're probably not delusional either, at least according to this guy's definition of delusion. Okay. Anyway, I like to define conspiracy theories as beliefs that quote, reject the authoritative account of reality in favor of some plot involving a group of people with malevolent intent, bad intent that is deliberately kept secret from the public. Both delusions and conspiracy theories can be held with varying degrees of conviction, but are typically held with very high levels that are unwarranted by objective evidence. True. And while both occasionally turn out to be true, they cease to be considered delusions or conspiracy theories when that's the case. And in fact, they never were. Just other people were in the dark, right? Okay. Determining if a belief is a delusion depends on a probability judgment about what's true or plausible. Since it's impossible to judge the truth about certain perplexing questions concerning the nature of the universe or human existence, and because having faith in various unproved explanations is clearly normal, psychiatry's definition of delusion excludes culturally sanctioned beliefs such as religious creeds. Right, because uh, psychiatry is a cultural institution itself, not a um, established field of scientific knowledge as we define scientific knowledge, uh, aka supported by evidence that's objective. So that's why you don't get a blood test when you get diagnosed with depression or brain scan or something. It's just some guy checking off a list of things that he thinks probably apply to you either based upon what you said or just based upon whatever the hell they think and the amount of uh, co-pays they want to get out of you. Anyway, if they even accept insurance. Okay, indeed, delusions that are evidence of mental illness are not typically shared because they are not typically shareable. Delusions that are evidence of mental illness are not typically shared because they are not typically shareable. Um, yeah, so that would ring true to me. Often this hinges upon a self-referential component to the belief. For example, it's easy to find people who share the belief that God can talk to people or that there will be a second coming of Christ, but much harder to find people who believe that God has told you that you are the Messiah. Herein lies a crucial distinction between delusions and conspiracy theories. Delusions often contain a self-referential component involving the believer, whereas conspiracy theories usually don't. So he's basically saying if, um, you know, you got Q-pilled and you think that um, Hillary Clinton and George Soros and Joe Biden and others are uh, Luciferians, um, you probably don't think that they're after you personally to drink your children's blood, even if you do buy into that conspiracy theory. Um, in that particular example, you'd be delusional in either case, but that's a whole other podcast, y'all. Uh, more morons. Um, my political podcast. Um, in that sense, gang stalking is part conspiracy theory, the general belief that there's a covert and coordinated effort to survey, harass, and control people all over the world, and paranoid delusion, the more specific belief that it's happening to oneself. The conspiracy theory part of gang stalking is shared by many people with various levels of conviction, whereas the delusional part is shared only among those few who are convinced that it's happening to them. I really don't understand that. I mean, if we go back to his own definition of, of delusion, 
the people that believe in conspiracy theories that are clearly not true, like the QAnon thing, then obviously they're delusional in that regard. I mean, that belief is delusional. I don't know if they are, are delusional as people. A couple buddies of mine have uh, latched onto this uh, QAnon thing, and they're not delusional otherwise, but that belief is delusional. There's no evidence to support it whatsoever. Shared paranoia. Here's where things get tricky. By definition, delusions aren't supposed to be shared, except that it's well recognized that sometimes they are. Historically, this has been described as a, and what comes next? The foie du. French for craziness of two, or more recently, shared psychotic disorder. Before that diagnosis was all but eliminated in the fifth edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Yeah, because shared psychotic disorder, the idea that you can, that, that psychoses and delusions are communicable from one person to the next by some scientific means that is yet to be actually described. Um, yeah, that was pretty much eliminated for the most recent uh, uh, edition of the DSM. Although, you know, these doctors still like float it as the uh, explanation for why, um, you know, a whole family gets morgulons and not just one person. But yeah, whatever's convenient, right? Traditionally, shared delusions have been understood as a result of a dominant individual with delusional beliefs convincing a subordinate that the beliefs are true, whether in a relationship between two people, like parents and children, husband and wife, or some larger group, a cult leader and cult followers. Of course, if delusions can be shared to some degree, it leaves unanswered the question of how many people it takes to share a delusion for it to cease to become a delusion. Not sure if that's a good point or not, um, because... There's the truth that's objective, and then there's the, you know, not truth <laughs> that you can't prove. There's no evidence to support it. Doesn't matter how many people believe it, it's still not true. Um, but okay, for a moment, we will uh, put that aside. It's a little problematic, though. This conundrum has been, become more challenging in the internet era. As I discussed in a previous post, does the internet promote delusional thinking? Quote, a hundred years ago, you might search an entire town and still not find anyone who buys into your unconventional belief. But these days, you can search across the entire planet with a simple click of a button, vastly increasing your chances of finding support. In other words, the internet has made it infinitely easier to find people who might share or claim to share even the most unconventional beliefs. And there may be no better example of this than gang stalking, where self-described targeted individuals or TIs have found an online haven from social stigma among like-minded individuals with whom they share common experiences, providing, quote, evidence that experiences are quote real a recent phenomenologic survey of gang stalking that just means like people were reading words and interpreted those words as opposed to analyzing a numerical data set or something it provides a striking illustration of how the vast majority of information on gang stalking exists online often in the form of subjective experiences as opposed to objective analysis quote gang stalking phenomena appear to be relatively common yet we could find only one empirical study of group or gang stalking in the published literature by contrast a google search for quote gang stalking produced seven million five hundred and fifty thousand hits dang y'all been busy on the internet haven't you Tellingly, when these 2020 survey results were compared to those from an earlier 2015 sample, respondents reported a greater frequency of believing that gang stalking was part of a global conspiracy that's being, quote, covered up by the, quote, establishment. It's quite possible that these differences reflect the explosion of online accounts of gang stalking over the past five years, as well as the proliferation of other conspiracy theories during a period of growing mistrust. I wonder why. Indeed, recent gang stalking survey respondents were also more likely than those from 2015 to report finding support online, while counterintuitively being more likely to feel isolated and lonely. Uh, wonder why the whole damn globe is isolated and lonely. It's called COVID. 
As I've discussed in a previous blog post, are hearing voices groups a help or harm? Support groups, whether in person or online, present something of a dilemma with regard to the people with psychotic symptoms. On the one hand, those with hallucinations or delusions can find valued support on the internet when it hasn't been otherwise available and when they refuse to seek psychiatric care. But on the other hand, such validation can also be harmful, reinforcing false beliefs and keeping people away from potentially helpful interventions in the form of actual treatment beyond simple support. Um, have y'all ever read the story in the Bible about Jesus and, Ger- and the Gerasene demoniac? Um, we'll have to talk about that one day because um, not feeling alone and ostracized is the key to attaining mental health. Uh, I don't even see how this guy can question whether or not that is a good tool, treatment tool. That is a large part of the reason why I do this podcast about more lines. And uh, now a little bit of gang stalking, a little, a little dash of gang stalking. Um, a colleague of mine suggested an analogy of someone whose drinking has gotten out of control, but finds support and reassurance in a bar, enabling their addiction and preventing them from seeking sobriety through Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, <laughs> okay, sorry, but Alcoholics Anonymous is just like another cult that has no freaking rational basis in science. It doesn't work any better than doing nothing. If it's working for you, great. Love it. Stay sober. But if it's not, uh, there's a reason for that. Um, anyway, anywho. Okay. I have another, uh, real life example. I once treated a hospitalized patient with schizophrenia who was convinced that government satellites were zapping his body, causing various aches and pains. It took a considerable collaborative effort of trust building to get him to agree to see if medications might help. But just when he'd expressed a willingness to do so, another patient who was admitted who shared similar beliefs about satellites in a group therapy session. As soon as that happened, my patient changed his mind saying, see, I knew it was real. Beyond reinforcing delusional beliefs and other psychotic symptoms and keeping people away from potential help, another intriguing possibility that might help to explain gang stalking is that mistaking fiction for fact on the internet can create psychosis-like symptoms de novo. To learn more about this possibility, please read the upcoming final installment of this series, Gang Stalking, A Case of Mass Hysteria. I thought he just said that shared... The, the shared psychotic disorder had been all but eliminated from the DSM. Make up your mind. Take a position and stick with it. And hey, it'd be even better if you could back it up with like scientific evidence since you claim to be a doctor. Not trying to come down too hard on uh, Dr. Pierre here, um, but was that, was that his name? Yeah, Pierre. Um, because I do appreciate him like uh, writing about this subject. Um, would love it if he were writing about Morgulons, but then again, he's a psychiatrist, so what the fuck would he write about Morgulons? Probably nothing that would add to uh, any valuable knowledge about this disease uh, that we may have. Uh, I, I know I have, and you may have if you're listening. Uh, perhaps you are a TI, a self-identified TI, if you are listening. Welcome. Welcome to more Morgulons, if you are. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to dog all psychiatry either. I know people get benefit from uh, seeing a psychiatrist. Uh, I just think personally that, um, you know, you can probably get more relief from your mental um, symptoms by volunteering at the food bank. You know, whatever it is, just to go to the freaking grocery store and say hello to a cashier, buy some bubble gum. You know, um, isolation, loneliness, stigmatization, ostracization, I can't say that word, being ostracized, which means um, becoming an ostrich on a full moon. No, it's um, when you're kicked out of the group and you don't belong. We all need to belong, y'all. And maybe someday I will. 
in any case, you keep an open mind, stay curious, stay open to uh, any possibility because that's what we're seeking in others is humility and openness. So the best way to realize that vision is to demonstrate those qualities and give it to yourself. I admit that the whole Morgulons thing is a big fucking mystery that just boggles my mind. Don't understand why it hasn't been solved yet. Uh, why it's so hard to prove. So maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, I don't think so. I'm not imagining these Morgulons in my face. Okay, thanks for listening and stay tuned.